Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Shmini. According to the Chinuch, Parshas Shmini contains 17 mitzvos, 6 positive mitzvos, and 11 restrictions. You find the second half of Parshas Shmini provides us with many of the detailed laws of what we call kashrus, kosher animals, fish, birds, insects. Let's understand very clearly that you can see it in the psukim itself at the end of the long chapter 11 in this week's parasha. The Torah tells us, Al Esnaf Shoseichem Bechol Hasheretz Hashoretz Velosi Tam Ubahem Vinitmeisem Bam The Torah says very clearly that by ingesting that which is not kosher one defiles their soul just as we can understand and appreciate that we need carbohydrates protein, food, in order to nourish our bodies, so too do we need kosher food to nourish our souls. Be it that the nature of the animals that we are permitted to ingest and to eat are those animals which are not carnivorous, don't eat other animals, only eat vegetation. So yes, to a great extent, we are what we eat. And that which we eat has an effect upon our nature and character. And part of the refinement of our character comes from the fact that we do eat kosher food. And therefore, you find again and again, wherever you find kashrus, ani Hashem elokeichem v'skadishtem v'yisem kedoshim v'losetamuos nafshoseichem This theme again and again of sanctifying ourselves through that which we eat as well as the concept of the uh, elevating the special neshama the special soul that we have. At the beginning of the parasha, the very name Shmini, which is literally the eighth day, the eighth day meaning that it's following the seven days of preparation that we found at the end of Parshas Tzav. And after the seven days comes Tara Tara, literally the day that Hashem moved in. He, the Shekhinah, became our Shochein, became our neighbor. God literally brought his presence down to this world. And as we find in the parsha, the Torah tells us at the very end of chapter 9, Pasuk 24, a fire came down, not a little match. Did you see it? Did you see it? They saw the fire coming down, and it consumed that which was on the altar, the Ola, the Chalavim, and all the people saw, and they called out in song, 
Vayiplu al and they fell upon their faces. They experienced this just as they had experienced at Sinai prophecy and heard the revelation of God to the Jewish people. That's what we find in the opening part of Parshas Shmini, the Korbanos that are prepared for this special day, the Birkas Kohanim which takes place, and ultimately the actual moving in of Hashem's presence into the community. I'd like to point out a fascinating idea of the Be'er Yosef on the very first Pasuk, which tells us that on the eighth day, Moshe called Aaron and his sons, and Zikne Yisrael, the elders. And the question is that Aaron Uvanov are necessary. They are the ones officiating in the Mishkan, the sanctuary. What are the Zikanim doing here? What are the elders for? It's almost like there's a dais where the elders are sitting, and they are in the background. But why are they there? just for a nice picture. So Rashi says, wait a minute, they're there, and he quotes the Tanhuma Lashmi'am, to inform them that they should know but Moshe is not in a form of nepotism, showing favor to his brother and nephews and choosing them to be the Kohanim, but rather this comes from God. But asks the Be'er Yosef, if you look in the previous sedra of Tzav in describing the seven days of Miluim in chapter 8, Pasuk 5, Rashi tells us that this exact idea is communicated in that verse. So why would we need again the idea of Moshe teaching the elders that this is being done So he suggests a very sharp answer as to why the elders are there. And he says, take a look at the offerings that Aaron is to bring as an individual and that which is brought on behalf of the Jewish people. Aaron brings as an individual the chait of the, the, excuse me, an egel, a calf, as one of his offerings. Of course, even though he tried to dissuade, still there was some involvement in the sin of the golden calf, and therefore Aaron has to bring an egel, a calf, for atonement. The Jewish people, however, according to the Sifra, and the language of the Sifra is that the Jewish people, Atem, Yesh B'Yetchem B'Tchilo, the Jewish people, before we go further, we have to clean up old business, and the old business is tchila, a seir izim that they have to bring, a korban of a goat, because of that which they slaughtered, and they dipped Yosef's coat, the brothers, after they sold Yosef to try to cover up the sin of the sale of Yosef, they dip the coat of many colors into the blood of the goat. And the uh, Torah tells us that therefore, says the Ber Yosef, and says the Sifra, 
they had to bring first a korban of a seir izim, and then they bring an egel, a calf, for their involvement in the sin of the golden calf. Says the Be'er Yosef, Rav Yosef Salant, very sharp, that the common denominator between the sin of the sale of Yosef and the sin of the golden calf is that in both cases the Jewish people acted without consulting their leaders. When it comes to the sale of Yosef, the brothers were convinced that Yosef was a rodave. Yosef was pursuing them. Yosef was separating them from their father. And as Avraham got rid of Yishmael, and as Yitzchak got rid of Esav, so too they were afraid Yaakov would keep Yosef and get rid of them. And therefore, someone who's coming to, in this case here, literally kill you and take you away from Hashkem Go. Let's get rid of Yosef. Were they right? No. But what should they have done? They should have consulted with Yitzchak. Not Yaakov, who was prejudiced, but they should have consulted with Yitzchak. He was alive at the time. They should have consulted with the Bezdin of Shem Ve'ever. They did not. They rejected their leadership. And when it came to the sin of the golden calf, again, they didn't actually believe and want to believe that it was the calf that took them out of Egypt. But they were looking for some kind of a representation, which indeed the Mishkan served in that purpose of God's presence. But once again, they rejected authority. They didn't listen to Aaron. They didn't listen to Chor. They killed Chor when he tried to stop them. So the sin of both the sale of Yosef and the golden calf was a sin of the rejection of authority. And that's why Moshe brings into the picture on opening day the the Zakanim, that they're not there just for a nice picture sitting at the dais. They're there to remind the Jewish people, as Rabbi Akiva says, that the Jewish people are compared to a bird. And just as the bird cannot fly without its wings, the Jewish people cannot survive and progress without their leadership. I say how fortunate we have been during this pandemic to have, thank God, rabbinic leadership that have been able to guide us in the very difficult challenges of how to get together, is this okay for a minion, what to pray, all the different questions that we've had in the pandemic. But I take this opportunity as well, while we still have Tam Matzo Befiv, the taste of matzo in our mouth, to remind ourselves of the incredible Mesiras Nefesh, literally, of Jews in the Shoah who tried their darnest to, under the most difficult of conditions, to have matzah and when they could, and when they couldn't, to say especially Ratzon that Hashem know, K-N-O-W, that we want to eat matzah and that before we eat the chametz on Pesach, we say the Hiratzon that we are fulfilling the mitzvah of Vachai Bohem, as the Torah says in Parshas Acharemos, that we are to live with Torah and therefore not die as a result of it. And then, and only then did they eat the chametz on Pesach. Those that did have to eat, etc. 
I want to point out how there are volumes of chuvos of the late Rebbe Ephraim Ashri, who uh, later came to the United States and became a rav on the east side, the Shalis and Chuvos Mimamakim, the late Rev Tzvi Hirsch Meisels, who wrote Shalos and Chuvos Mekatshe Hashem, that amazing, even on the most difficult of conditions, they asked questions. I want to share with you a story that Rev Ephraim Waxman Shlita said in the name of the late Rev Yaakov Galinsky Zatzal, the story is so powerful. Once again, while we still have Tam Matzah Befiv, listen to this story. A teen was taken to Auschwitz, and in the bunk above him was a Hasidische Rebbe's Enochel, grandson, who gave him a tremendous amount of chizuk, of inspiration, of continuing wanting to live. He told this boy that in a week from now it would be Pesach. So we have to do something in terms of trying our best to get some matzah. In the storage they found some grain. They made some flour and they were able to make two kezesim of matzah. The boy hid it under his sleeve and tried to sneak it back into the camp. The Nazi, Yemach Shemo, saw the bump, smashed it with his boot, and the boy remembers seeing some crumbs on the floor that he tried to gather, and then he was kicked in the head, lost consciousness. But Listen carefully. He was able to grab a few crumbs before he passed out, not realizing it. Now, watch this. When he came through, he found that amazing they had but one Kezaias. And now he said, this is mine. I will be able to eat a Kezayis Matzah on the night of Pesach. And the Hasidish Bachar said to him, Give me the Matzah and I will give you my Schar in Olam Haba in exchange for the Matzah. The reward for this Matzah I'll give to you. Give me the Matzah. I'll say the Haggadah for you by heart. I'll say Shira Shirim for you by heart. But give me the matzah, you get the schar. And indeed, that's what happened. He gave the matzah to the Hasidish boy. They had a deal. The next day, the Nazis marched them to work. The Hasidish Bachar said the bracha of Halil on the march, and he was so exalted by the recitation of Hallel, that he jumped in the Hallel. And by getting out of line, a Nazi saw this and shot him on the spot. Unbelievable. Thirty years later, 
in the 1970s, the survivor, this man, had a dream. And in his dream, the Hasidisha young man came back to him. The one who ate the matzah, but the one who had no schar for the matzah. And he said, please, I beg of you, I want you to go back on the deal. I want you to give me the schar for eating the matzah. Unbelievable. What did this gentleman do? He went to Rav Unger in B'nai Brak. And Rav Unger said, I can't paskin this Shaila. You must go to the Mach Nakova Rebbe. And the Machnakova Rebbe told him that Yashrus dictates that you should be Mavater. Yashrus dictates that you should give in. Give him the schar for the eating of matzah. After all, you're still in this world. You can daven. You can learn. You can do chesed. You have to be mevater, believe shalem. He said, okay, I'm mevater. No, 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 said the Rebbe to him. The Rebbe gave him the keys to the shul. Go in and lock the door and open the Oren Kodesh. And there in front of the Oren Kodesh, you are to repeat the entire thing as you remember so clearly how you made the matzah, how he was beaten, and how he gave it to you, and how very simply you promised him that he gets your reward. But now that he's coming and asking for it, you are mevater and give him back. And the man was so drained by doing this, he collapsed, he fell asleep, and the bachor came back and thanked him in a dream. Unbelievable. What do we see from this story? We see so much. Number one, we don't realize this Hasidish Abachar, who died literally during the recitation of Halil. But look, and look, we can only imagine where he is in Olam Abba. Still, he wants the schar and needs the schar of that mitzvah. We don't realize how each mitzvah is literally a diamond. Too many people observe mitzvos because, after all, it's a nice custom, it's a nice idea. If we only realized that a mitzvah is literally that which is a personal communication with Hashem. Hashem, Asher Kitshonu B'mitzvosav V'tzivonu, you commanded me. I have a personal relationship with you. You, Hashem, asked me to eat the matzah, and I fulfill your desire, command of me to eat the matzah. This is what and how precious each and every mitzvah is. And I pray that we can learn from this story 
to not only continue in good health, to perform mitzvot, but to realize the gems, the diamonds, for these are, after all, what we came in in this world to do, and after all is said and done, this is the only thing that we take with us. Shabbat Shalom to all.